Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Now, I want to be that guy, which means I'm about to be that guy. But ever since AEW Dynamite did a fantastic rating last week, now I can't start looking at numbers going, well, is it going to go up and is it going to go down? Just to make it perfectly clear, I hope every wrestling show at some point in the future has like 72 million viewers because the more people that watch, the more fun it's going to get. Maybe there'd be a lot of yelling on Twitter. But in the meantime, welcome to What Culture Wrestling. My name is Simon Miller, and it's time to give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down when it comes to AEW Dynamite. Ricky Starks versus Hangman Page was first this week, and I always enjoy and have got into a flow that AEW gives me a big match to kick things off. Up. I will say for one reason or another, this was just one of those matches where I sat there going, man, I really want fans back quicker than you can say Humbuck 2 because they play their roles so well. I mean, Hangman Adam Page would be getting cheers from everywhere and Ricky Starks would probably be getting booed. But I actually think he's so good at what he does, maybe people would have been cheering anyway. And if you're one of these people that wants me to find some sort of criticism to throw at it, okay, I will say it could have been a bit longer, it was quite short, but what a secret compliment that is. I was also quite joyful because we haven't seen Ricky Starks wrestle on Dynamite in some time, but then there was this one move where I was like, oh, that's it, he's dead, we're never going to see him again because the cowboy gave him a German suplex and Ricks landed right on his neck but then somehow rolled through and just stood up. Because as we are learning as the weeks, months and years go past, all wrestlers are made out of elastic. All of this did mean that Ricky kept popping up out of all of Adam Page's offense though. And if you are someone that likes a good little story in pro wrestling, it's after this he went, hey, I think there's something wrong with your ankle. So he went after it. And there was this awesome part two where Page went for the buckshot lariat, but Ricky Starks got out of the way and he hit a spear and he got a really close near full count. And I'll be honest with you, if we had had an audience and they'd gone wild, I would have bought it as the finish. Because of this though, Paige instead smashed out this seated sleeper ankle lock thingamajig. And as soon as he grabbed Ricky Starks' foot, Rick was in so much trouble, he yelled out in pain and he tapped out. And I thought that was tremendous. Even better than him sort of fighting and trying to get to the ropes because it sold the move brilliantly. He was that injured, he had no choice. I will always take more of this. I mean, if you've got a broken arm and I start stamping on it, are you going to try and get to a ring rope no, you're going to say, look, bald asshole, 
Stop standing on me. Taz got on the mic afterwards because he'd been doing color commentary and told Hangman Page to look at him around about 38,422 times. But of course, this was a distraction. After he said, I love the color orange, Hook was in there and Brian Cage came down. They were about to destroy the cowboy until, of course, he was saved by the Dark Order. So there's your feud, Team Taz versus the Dark Order. So far, it is swimming along very nicely. We then saw the Elite arriving at their brand new all-singing, all-dancing trailer, and the first thing you thought was, what a bunch of assholes. So they're all doing very well. Had an interview with Penta next through his translator, Alex Abrahantes, and he basically said, Orange Cassidy, if you get involved with my match that I'm about to have against Trent, who obviously is your best friend, I'm going to turn you into orange juice. And the only way you could turn a man into orange juice, as the Simpsons told us, is to put them in a giant blender. So Penta wants to kill Orange Cassidy. Dustin Roberts announced Trent with a question mark. So he went, Trent? I know he's done this before, but it always makes me chuckle. And then Penta went up to Trent. He got his glove and he just slapped him with it. And then, of course, they started to bunge each other in the face. Penta then threw Trent into the barricade while doing his taunt, because he has to do that, otherwise he will vanish into the Phantom Zone. So Trent then responded by giving him a pile driver onto the apron. I mean, what a difference in the two companies. WWE, you're only allowed to do a pile driver if you're a dead man. In AEW, you can just do it on the hardest part of the ring. I assume we were building to a big finish here too, and I was 100% right, because Alex the Translator just halfway through randomly got on the microphone, and not only did he insult everybody in Trent's life, but he said bad words about Sue, which is Trent's mum, and rightfully so, Trent was very pissed about this and he went and got a chair. Orange Cassidy then snuck in the ring to do something and they kind of had Abrahantes cornered, but then Penta was back, he super kicked Orange Cassidy and all this fracas, Trent didn't know what he was doing. So then he got packaged power drivered and he lost and he got counted down for the one, two, three. Now I'm not gonna lie, I am going to be honest with you because I'm a transparent cat. I kind of felt all of this felt a little bit messy. And I also did say, wait, Penders in Death Triangle, I think, maybe I missed something, but I don't think I did. Why didn't they help him out? Or are we trying to turn Penter into a bad guy because of his translator? And Pack of Phoenix is going to be like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Also, the mid-match promo didn't really work for me. So when you do bundle it up into a big ball, I am going to give it a down. But the match, very good. Jim Ross then did a sit-down interview with the Pinnacle. fan flubbing tastic it's just something you need to go and watch. And while the rest of the group didn't say much, Wardlow reminded us of his chops, and MJF went on such a tirade, you couldn't help but look at him and go, man, you are on the pathway to super big town. He lost his mind at Chris Jericho's words last week that he was great for his age. He's not great for his age, he's great, period. And also, at the same age, Chris Jericho was just dropping on WCW Worldwide, whereas Maxwell Jacob Friedman is in an AEW ring, and he's beating Chris Jericho. And seriously, if you'd never watched AEW before and you just stumbled onto this, you'd be like, well, who the hell is this guy? And he promised Mr. Jericho that as of right now, he is coming to take his spot and kill the inner circle for good. And he said it with so much believability, I actually think he's gonna do it. Truly brilliant stuff again though, make sure you do go see it. You're gonna have fun. Then everything with Ty Conte and Shida was fire. Up. Had this video beforehand that made the AEW Women's Championship feel like the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. And we have to ask the question, why didn't WWE or NXT do more with Ty Conte? She's clearly a very talented wrestler and she was there for years and barely even got a peep. It was just non-stop as soon as the bell rung too because we went from throws to kicks to punches to suplexes and then Shida was able to get in control after an Enziguri and a brain buster. <laughs> 
on the flipping outside. They were then taking notes from earlier because they started to punch each other in the face, but it was the way that they were reversing each other's moves. Like, Sheeta gave Conte a suplex, so Conte went, all right, and she gave her a pumpkin. She then hurled and suplexed Sheeta around the place, but when she went for the DD tie, Sheeta got out of that, and she finished that off with a falcon arrow for a near fall. And I was like, man, this is just getting going. There was an even better near fall, though, after the tie KO, and I tell you, it was so well executed, it was such a close three count, I actually totally bought into the fact that AEW was going to change their championship, and if they had done, I'd tell you the truth once more, I would have been perfectly fine with this. Instead, it kind of summoned the end because Sheeta got to her feet, she hit the backbreaker, she hit the katana, she got the victory, and she holds on to her championship. But no one really lost here. Both women have just elevated themselves even higher, and I want to see what they're going to do next. Plus, we had great fallout here too, because Britt Baker just stormed out as soon as it was done. She brought down those ranking boards that, of course, a few weeks ago she was taking the mickey out of, because now she is the number one contender. And talking about changing the title, I don't know when the next AEW pay-per-view is, like May time, but that's the time to do it. We've got to pull the trigger. It's been long enough. Britt Baker, I need her as my champ. Another Miro video followed. He doesn't care who he fights. He just wants to fight everybody and he will ruin them all. This is the kind of Miro I need in my life. And as I've said before, and as I will say again, I hope he actually does go through 100% of the roster and beats them all. The inner circle were then responding to the pinnacle and it was exactly what it needed to be. Up. Chris Jericho took the lead by insulting Wardlow's eyebrows. And then Jake Hagar was just shouting that he was going to make you drink through a straw before Santana got on the mic and went, you're all a bunch of bitches, which now means this feud has become super duper. Jericho was then singing a show tune to finish this. And if anybody else had done it, it probably would have died a death. But Y2J just knows what he's doing. And it did end with two things. One, we're going to get a proper face-to-face off next week before we get to blood and guts. But two, Jericho said that they will own the Pinnacle's ass. I hope that AEW makes that an official stipulation. I also have a feeling that this blood and guts match is going to be truly nuts. Like you sit there and you audibly go, well, this is truly nuts. So brace yourself. I smell violence. My man Anthony Agogo and the factory were then here. And man, Anthony is going to get some major heat because he went, I don't want to be in America. It's an absolute dump. Now, I don't agree with that. I love America. I love the USA. <laughs> I tell you, when the crowds are back, they're gonna get mad. This then led into QT Marshall, the leader of the factory, taking on Billy Gunn, who is a beloved member of the Nightmare family. And really, I was checked into this because of Anthony Agogo's super punch. I know that it sent me into absolutely crazy too, like, well, that doesn't make any sense, but it's pro wrestling. As long as you establish the rules and you stick to those rules, you can do whatever the hell you want. I like it. I don't want to say anything, but it's why we have an alien in AEW. Gunn was wrecking QT at first as well. He even attacked him during his entrance. And it would have stayed this way if it wasn't for Nick Comorotto, who just took the perfect opportunity to push Billy Gunn into the ring post. And the stupid, stupid ref didn't see it. They started to brawl with Nick and Aaron Solo, who was also there. So we've just set up another match. And if you want to know why I called the referee stupid... Well, I'm about to double down on it. Because he did not do well in this match at all. Clearly trying to become a professional wrestler. At one point, he was just mazely distracted, which is when Billy Gunn found himself on the outside of the ring. And he also walked into Anthony Agogo, who gave him that gut punch and probably destroyed his stomach. QT followed it up with a diamond cutter to ensure the factory got another W. And I do admit AEW had a lot of shenanigans on this week's show. But the problem was, every shenanigan they did, I enjoyed... It's kind of hard to criticize. The factory were going to finish Billy off after this too before Dustin Rhodes came out to make the save. 
and he had a ball rope and he started kicking ass. But throughout all of this, Anthony Agogo got this wooden chair thing and before all was said and done, Dustin Rhodes took the wooden chair and he smashed it over Nick Comoroto's head. Now, this wasn't your normal folding steel chair, so I'm 99% sure that AEW gimmicked it, but it still looked absolutely crazy, more so because Nick just stood there like it didn't hurt me at all. And yes, come on, that did make him look really cool, but I just think we should do no shots to the head ever. It's not worth it, but I do like how slowly but surely we're building yet another three stars. It was back to the Elite's trailer after this, and you can just imagine what kind of mood they were in. I mean, Don Callis pretty much introduced us to every single member. You're like, yes, I know who they are, before mentioning that maybe next week Kenny Omega will have a new title over his shoulder, which would be the Impact World Championship. And given that, that this matches this Sunday, there's every chance it could happen. All of a sudden, though, there was this annoying honking from outside. And if you're an old school fan, you're like, oh man, please don't be Doink the Clown. But it wasn't. And it was John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in a pickup truck. They rammed into the trailer and then got a pipe, which I presume they were going to go and murder the entire elite with. But by the time they got in the trailer, they'd all scarpered, leaving Eddie Kingston to steal some sneakers and John Moxley to look at him and going, man, would you stop stealing sneakers wherever you go? This was such a good angle and it felt like something we would have done years ago, so why we're not doing it more now, I do not know. And honestly, the interaction between these two morons made me so happy inside, it put all this over the top and it's getting it up. Christian Cage was then taken on Powerhouse Hobbs and I realized in this moment, I am truly excited about this. I mean, it's the young versus the old, it's the rookie versus the veteran. Can you believe it? They lived up to my hype. Taz was on commentary again because the rest of Team Taz had been banned given what had happened earlier. And if you needed evidence as to why Christian has been a tremendous hire for All Elite Wrestling, a case in point. Hobbs was using his power early on, so Christian gave him a slap and I laughed and that kind of a guy before Willie responded with a lariat that had so much momentum behind it I'm amazed that Christian still has his head attached to his body. I mean, straight after that, two powerhouse hobs took Christian's face and he just smushed it into the guardrail. We really did make Willie look like a bit of a crazy person. Powerhouse, as his name suggests, kept being powerful and Christian had no answer to this until Hobbs went for the Vader bomb. Then Christian got his knees up and he started going to work. But even then, it wasn't enough. When he ran at Powerhouse, he grabbed him and gave him a spine buster straight to hell. Paul Jim Ross was so into this, he didn't know what was going on. He's like, spine buster, power bomb, big slam. And Taz, without missing a beat, just went, it's a spine buster, JR. That's kind of funny. There is no way that Christian is feeling spruce moose today. And he finally tried to get Hobbs down to his knees using a sleeper. But once again, he's so powerful, he reversed that into town business, which would have got him the victory if he hadn't have decided to be so arrogant after he had hit it. Because Christian, using his wildly experienced ways, turned that into the kill switch. And he got a one, two, three. You need to go and watch this too, just to make yourself go, how the hell is Christian so good? Well, he hasn't wrestled since 1942. Ricky Starks walked out afterwards. They all stared at each other. And I can only presume that now Christian Cage is going to work his way through all of Team Taz, which is going to result in a bunch of great matches. Had a Jade Cargill video next to a bunch of managers were saying, oh, I'd love to have her at my table. I want Jade Cargill. But Jade was like, uh-uh, buddies. I don't want none of you because I don't need a boss. Jade Cargill is great. Which brings us to our main event, and it's just bravo, bravo all round. Because after the monster rating that AEW did a week ago, they still chose to put two of their biggest news stars, Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, in the main event, and they went out there with the TNT title on the line, and they absolutely smashed it. As such, before the end of the night, they turned themselves into bigger stars to boot, 
and it was so entertaining. If Jungle Boy once again had won that title, I would have been fine with it because the stars had aligned. They reminded us early on that they are wrestlers and they can grapple, but that didn't last very long because instead they fought their way to the outside and then just speared each other over the top of the barricade into the fans and it really looked like it sucked. Back in the ring, Jungle Boy continued on with this assault though, where I swear he came up with a move on the fly. It was like a German suplex, but he did it from a body scissors position. So I guess it was also like a reverse Hurricane Rana and it just planted Darby Allen right into the mat. And I sat there with a complete bemused look on my face. Like when someone comes up to me and says, Simon, explain the meaning of life. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm a moron. It busted him up no end because he went for a bunch of topes and did a mega big dive on the third one. And as he was trying to suplex Darby Allen back into the ring, instead Jungle Boy got guillotined. (laughs) And then Darby hit a coffin drop from the top rope onto the apron. Because it's there, why the hell not? This meant both guys were now down on the outside and Luchasaurus worrying about a countout kind of urged Jungle Boy back into the ring. But Sting didn't like that at all. Once again, I was chuckling away because Sting is like the ultimate Jobsworth, the ultimate Boy Scout. Luchasaurus didn't do much but Sting was like, oh, I didn't appreciate that. You shouldn't be getting involved. So then these two were brawling and they fought to the back. When Darby and Jungle were both back up to their feet though, Boy was able to apply the snare trap and that's where you had this great sequence where Darby Allen kept going to the ropes but Jungle Boy was able to keep putting it back in. And once more, I was like, oh, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do a title change. And then it didn't happen. Darby had to rake the eyes to escape, but in that moment, Jungle Boy was like, wait a minute, I'm a wrestler. I know what I can do. I can use the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. But alas, this time, it failed. Because Alan hit his own version, also known as the Last Supper Cradle. He got the one, two, three. And isn't it great that we do have a professional wrestler in the world that has a surprise roll up as a signature move that's beaten a lot of people because then when you do do it, you go, oh yeah, I know that works. I've seen it before. I assumed something was going to happen afterwards because they're all buddy-buddy and respectful to each other. And it did in the form of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky who ran out and beat their ass. This was happening too until Lance Archer of all people made the save. If you're making a list and you want to put it near the bottom of best saves ever, it would probably be there, because in around about eight seconds, he got booted in the balls. This led Daddy Sting to return to the ring with a back to make sure he cleared house and all the good guys stood there super happy. But my big question is, where the hell did Luchasaurus go? I can only presume that Sting killed him. Which meant AEW Dynamite then went off air, and I know I say this every week, but I can't help it. Just another excellent and very entertaining show, and I love the fact that we have established new stars. All I really want for my wrestling nine times out of ten is like freshness, like fresh bread, because it always tastes good. I was getting it up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.